Hi, I'm Carl Payton, pastor of Transformation Church RVA. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for checking out this sermon. I also wanted to bring to your attention something that is close to our hearts here. While our team has prayed that this message would stir within you a desire to know more about Jesus and be more like him, our desire is that it would only be supplemental to your faith journey and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. And just welcome Woody Jones. Thank you guys. You can go be seated. Um, one of these guys, uh, I'm shocked he's, you know, we're... Uh, God had worked in such a big way to get him here, Robbie, Robbie Samuels, yeah. Woody Jones, would you come and just deliver God's word? I love you, brother. And if you're in first through fifth grade, you can come with me. First, before uh, Carl leaves, I appreciate those kind comments. Carl, I want to let you know that, uh, you know, you gave me a great outline. And I'm going to go, go by it pretty good, but I... I want you to know I edited out the jokes. You need to leave that to the professionals, okay? <laughs> you know, it's good that we have a sense of humor. Uh, certainly in my life because uh, sometimes I've had quite a few plans. And uh, I almost think that in heaven... When I utter those words, and my wife will tell you the four most dangerous words you will ever hear anybody say, and Woody Jones says, I got a plan. So I almost think there's a little bell goes off in heaven, and God says, okay, everybody come over here. He just said it. I got a plan, so let's watch Comedy Hour for a while. <laughs> I'll tell you the reason I said that. God has... Uh, really changed my heart. I've been a Christian for a long time, but I got on the road uh, from about 20 years old to almost 40 where I got out of God's will. Went on a path of my own. I had a plan of my own. Didn't, didn't work out too good. It's especially significant, I think, today. I, I get a little emotional when I think about it um, for what God has, has done for me. And I'm not telling you this for, for self-aggrandizement or anything like that. I'm telling you this because when, if he can change me, he can change anybody. And back in the early 1980s, I had this great plan. By the way, I was not in church. I didn't get back in church until my daughter was born. I had this great plan. I'm going to open this uh, bar, really and truly a beer joint, okay? Let's just have full disclosure here. And we're going to have this NASCAR bar. And uh, me and a friend of mine. And ironically, I hadn't seen this friend for a number of years and I went to a funeral last week. And there he was. He's sitting in the audience today. His name is Larry Aldridge. Uh, and to my amazement, God had done a great work in his life. And if you'd have said 30-some years ago, that this was even possible, I laughed. If you were to go back 30 years and tell the people that I hung around with, the people I was with, 
Woody Jones is preaching Sunday. Why don't y'all come and hear him? I don't think anybody was showing up for fear of being struck by lightning. Okay? Uh, but I had a plan. <laughs> Thank God that he, he let me pursue it, and then he dashed it. And why do you think he dashed it? I'll tell you why. So I'd be here today. So I would be here today. And then when we, when we start speaking about these qualities of elders, um, I just want you to know this is not about what you were, but it's about what you are in God today. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can come together today to, to worship you, to glorify you to recognize that you're, you're the, the king of the universe. You're, you're all in all. Through you, all things are possible. Lord, I just pray that today you would move me out of the way and let the Holy Spirit work through me. Lord, I'm, I'm beyond words to thank you for what, you, what you're doing in my life. And I know you're not finished with me, Lord, and I just pray that you increase my, my faith. Lord, give me more grace. Allow me to be the man that you would have me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Now, you guys know that my vision is not particularly good, so y'all bear with me a little bit. We remember last week we were talking about, we were in uh, Titus and we were talking about uh, uh, Titus being in Crete. And he had to go back. The gospel has exploded, by the way. And it's gotten so big, Paul can't do it all by himself. Do you know that the, the gospel is exploding in this church? you know that? Uh, a year ago, there may have been 35 people. Carl can't do that all by himself. That's the reason God has created this order. This, and that's the reason our, that our church changed. Uh, most Southern Baptists do not have elders. Uh, why, I don't know. Uh, I'm glad that, that uh, God gave us a brave man like Carl. You know, I, 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 I respect Carl a lot. Um, I, I tell everybody, for a man that's 31 years old, to have the wisdom that he has has to be God-given. Let's face it. All you men in here, think about what you were like when you were 30. <laughs> okay, we, we don't mature quite as well as, as I think the ladies do. But Carl has something special, and I, we know that it's God-given. And uh, during this time, uh, Titus was a, he wasn't a uh, apostle or anything like that. Uh, the words that uh, we have here is an apostolic delegate. He was very close with Paul, and Paul trusted him ex explicitly, so he sent him there. So what we're going to uh, talk about are elders and, and uh, church government. That really sounds like a lot of fun, right? Well, what in the world does that have to do with you? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you may feel a draw towards leading in the church, and this is uh, we're going to show you what that looks like. And even if you're not feeling toward that draw toward church, I'm going to tell you that in some way or another, in your life, even though we might not use the word elder, the qualifications in that 
will apply to your life. For instance, if you're a mother or a father and have children, you are going to be the person that shepherds or, or leads or directs and guides that child. That is very important. And what better way to do it than according to what God's plan is, according to Scripture. So it's, it's a lot more than just talking about how it applies in our, in our local church body. So what we're going to do, we're going to give you an idea of what to expect from, from, from our elders and our leaders, uh, the, the checks and balances, to make sure that there's no one person, you know, we don't want dictators. Uh, a good example of, of having good elders and good deacons and all these other things is if you have uh, the right leaders in your church, it's going to flourish, no question about it. If you have the wrong leaders, it's going to die. It's going to die. I was talking to someone here just recently uh, from one of the uh, really great churches of the Richmond area that are in exactly the same situation that, that we were in uh, a year ago. And I was talking to this gentleman. He was actually a former pastor. And I was telling him, I'm excited about what's going on here. I like to tell people about it. I like to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was telling him what, what was going on. And he said, well, how, how did y'all do that? He said, I was a pastor at this church, and, and they, just, they just didn't want to listen. And I told him that there were, there were great changes directed by the Holy Spirit, not by man, but by God. And, and this is what he told me. He said, you know, we tried to make changes, but the people just will not. They want to do it the way they've always done it. And he said, this church is going to die. And I'm telling you, this is one of the great churches in the Richmond area. And they're right where we were. But they're not going by the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. That, that group of people that was here uh, a year ago, we all loved the church. No question about it. And we knew some changes had to come. And some of these changes kind of hurt. You know, you say, well, darn, we always did it that way, and this is what we did, and it was good. And I've been a member here now for a little over 25 years. I've seen this church uh, flourish a little bit and do this and that. I have never seen this church where it is today or any church that I've ever been involved with. The fact that we're out we're not looking for people just to move from one church to another. I can tell you that's not our goal here. Our goal is to reach out into the community, get those who do not know Jesus. Paul's last great mission was to Spain. And you know why he wanted to go to Spain? They didn't know about the gospel. That was At that time, that was the farthest point west. They hadn't heard of the gospel. He wanted to reach those lost people. And there are people now, we've lost generations that really don't know who God is. So that, that's where it, with this, and that's why it's so exciting here. And that's why I think God is blessing us. I'm going to write an article for the uh, uh, newsletter here next week. And I've, I've noticed in the last number of years some things that God has done in this church. And you may have, I think when I write about it, you'll, you'll see it and say, Wow. I didn't even, you know, I didn't, didn't register. But it, it all makes sense now as we look back because even as we were doing it, 
it didn't make a lot of sense. But we had leaders that were willing to trust God. And that's exactly why your obedience and the ability to trust God and having the right leader in place is causing that to happen. So let's talk about how, these, how the elders really work. Um, these are not the requirements uh, that, uh, for elders, and, but uh, they're for leaders alone. But these verses that we're talking about are really for, for all of us to follow. And it, the elders are chosen because of their spiritual maturity, something that we all should be reaching for. So that, that, that leads to the question for me is, what well, does an elder have to be old? I mean, do you? my example of Carl is a perfect example of that. Not necessarily so. For a man 31 years old, his, his spiritual maturity is amazing. So if you're sitting here today and you're, you're feeling a tug, thinking, well, maybe I could be, maybe that's something I could be. Lean on God into that. Ask for, for guidance. And if you're not ready now, God will prepare you for that. Uh, so just my favorite verse in the whole Bible, I think it, it, it covers everything, is Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So if you start there, can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Everything falls off of that. Okay. So God's design for church government here is elders, deacons, ministry leaders, and then the servant body. Not, like I said before, a, a single person at the top ruling and reigning. Carl's our leader, but he's not our dictator. Ultimately, God is our leader. It's not the deacon board. If you, if you go down south, and you, go, you can go to some churches around here. The deacons rule with an iron hand. Pastors preach in fear. I've known pastors that, that have to have their messages approved by the deacons. <laughs> That's wrong. That's wrong. That church will not thrive. It should be more than one. You know, here, like we said, we've got uh, the pastor, Charles, Robbie, and myself. And I can tell you that this, this group of men who I serve with, we're not afraid to tell Carl if we disagree. That doesn't mean that we're argumentative or anything like that. But we're not afraid to challenge him. And he's not afraid to challenge us. And uh, it, it's been a good, a good rule. And I think it's, it's evident that it's working because our church is growing. There's a feel in this church when you walk in. And I hope uh, Larry today has, has experienced that where you, you can feel the Holy Spirit. You can feel that tug. You can feel the love that's in this building. I know I do every time I walk in here. Every time I walk in here, everybody needs somebody to shepherd them or to, to help them. Uh, we think of a shepherd as a, as a uh, you know, a tender of a flock of the sheep because the sheep, they just are dumb, okay, bottom line. I'm not calling you dumb, okay, not doing that, okay. <laughs> uh, but there's another, another uh, definition for that. It's to guide and direct in the right way. And that's, that's what we as elders are, are, 
are required to do. We're commanded to do that. And by the way, if, if you're an elder or a deacon or any of those leaders in this church, we are held to a higher standard. Uh, I'm going to try to read this out of the Bible. And we are, we are held to a stricter judgment also. And in James 3, 1, or, let me see. my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, and you can insert elders in there, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. So we're going to be required, much of us is going to be required, and we're also held to a, to a higher standard. So in other words, don't, if, if you are uh, called to be one of these, know that, that there are, uh, God expects a lot from us. But the good news is he gives us everything that we need. Uh, an elder, when I, was, when I first left DuPont in 1993, I went to work for an insurance company, and God directed every step of that, okay? My sales manager was a very strong Christian. And for whatever reason, he provided some, he, was, he shepherded me. I just want to give you an example of what, a, what somebody who's a shepherd would do. He knew that I was a Christian. We talked about the Lord. I told him that I had been out of the church for a long time and this and that. And we went and we served, we went to a community luncheon where Dennis Tucker over at Bethlehem Baptist was. So I got exposed a little bit to the word once a week. Then we started serving the homeless. He, he's just carrying me along. And then one day he comes to me and he says, Woody, he says, I think you would be a great candidate for the Emmaus Walk. And I don't know how many of you are familiar with that, but it's basically a three-day meeting with God. And boy, I was apprehensive. Man, I don't want to go up there and be around all these religious people. You know, even though I was raised in the church, I was, you know, I had a bad experience, just an excuse, by the way, and I backed away. But I, I like Sheldon. I, I thought, okay, let's do it. Let me tell you something. Short of salvation, that was the greatest thing that God's ever done in my life. God revealed to me that I have a plan for you. I want you to lead. I want you to be involved in spreading my word. And from that point on, slowly, in a number of missteps, fall back. God never leaves us. He never leaves us, forsakes us. You can always remember that. And even in the darkest times, and I've had some dark times during that period, but he never left me. So as I've progressed, I've gotten a little bit closer and closer to God. Still have a long way to go. My journey won't be until I get to heaven. But I know he's there with me, and I'm so glad that he put me here in this position here uh, to be a part of, the, part of it. So here's the qualifiers. For, uh, let me read uh, Titus. I want to read those verses first. Have we got those on the screen? Because I've got my King James Version here. We don't. Okay. Well, you, uh, please pardon me for this. Uh, I'm going to be reading now the King James, uh, New King James Version. For this reason, I left you in Crete that you should set up in order the things that are lacking and appoint leaders in every city I commanded you. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination, 
For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast a faithful word as he has been taught. He may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. So when the, the word, uh, this, this version uses uh, bishop, but that, that's also uh, elder would be that too. So he must be blameless above reproach. So if someone's going to be an elder in a church, let's just, let's just give an example. If I'd come here 35 years ago and by some political process, well, Woody Jones, he's not scared to get up and speak. Let's make him an elder. How much would anybody follow me? <laughs> My life was not beyond reproach. It was anything but that. Uh, we have to have men that, that people trust. And they see not only, they, they see the fruit of someone's life. They have to see the change in their life. And that's, that's the first qualification of, a, of an elder. Uh, must not be arrogant. Can't be somebody with a big ego up there puffing their chest out. You're not going to respond to that. Uh, the, the, for most people, we just don't do that. Can't be quick-tempered. Oh, boy. More <laughs> 35 years ago. Woo! That wouldn't have been good, okay? So, you know, the God says to, for us to be uh, slow to anger. Uh, and that's uh, so we can't be quick-tempered. Not a, not a drunkard. Uh, <laughs> not not going to go over very well uh, if we go to an elders meeting and one of our elders is drunk. I don't think that's going to work too good, okay? So... <laughs> Verily, a lot of these things are, are very common sense type things. Not violent, not self-control. Uh, I have heard of some business meetings where people have gotten up and just gotten completely out of control in some churches. That's, that's not who we're called to be. We have to be the peacemakers. We have to be the reasonable people. We have to bring people together. You have to know when you come to us that we can listen. We have to be listeners, I think, more than anything else. We have to listen. And not dishonest. You have to trust us. Absolutely have to trust us. Okay. Okay, what should they be? Should be hospitable. You gotta know that when you come to me, that I've got a got a desire to want nothing but the best for you and to be able to, I want to take care of people. Uh, some of us have, you know, we all have gifts. Some people have more gifts of compassion than others. Uh, I, I have a heart for people. I, I love people. I, I really do. Uh, if I see somebody suffering, it just breaks my heart. I want to, I want to do something to try to console them. Uh, I want to let them know that God loves them. I want to give them some kind of scripture that will help them get through whatever they're getting through. Uh, so we, we have to be uh, people of be hospitable and, and compassionate. We got to do what's right. Now, what is right? Is that what everybody else is doing? 
we don't, we don't need to be followers. We need to be followers of Jesus Christ. But we're not followers out here in the world. You know, the Bible tells us in the end times, what will appear to be right will be wrong, and what will uh, appear to be wrong will be right. That's who we are called to be. That's, that's a higher standard that I'm talking about. Uh, sensible and wise. You know, one of my pet peeves in the world today is a lack of common sense. It just seems that that's, you know, I've thought, is there any way they could teach a class in school? Common sense. (laughs) I don't know if you can learn that or not. I would certainly hope, I would hope there was some way you could do that. Uh, But we just need to use the brain that God has given to us. And if you don't know what to say in a particular situation, best thing to do is be quiet. And the other thing is call on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is never going to give you anything but the right thing to do. And sometimes it will be be still, be quiet. We're called to be righteous and to be right with God. What does that mean? Does that mean we're going to be perfect? Listen, <laughs> I am a hundred, a thousand times different than I was 35 years ago. But man, I still got a long ways to go. If you don't believe that, talk to Sandra. She'll fill you in. It won't take her long. Well, yeah, it will take her long. <laughs> uh, but we need to be right with God. So that, that just means God has gifted us with the Holy Spirit. It's really our internal way to know. We know when we're doing something that's not right. You know, there's, there's, a, there's another thing that, that we need to understand is when we don't do something that we know that's right, that's just as wrong. If God's called you to do something, do it. Don't be scared. Okay? I'm going to pick on my, my friend. He probably never come back again. Larry has a testimony. Larry's been reluctant to do that. Larry, give that testimony. God's going to bless that, and he's going to bless those that receive it. So if you have a testimony, don't be afraid. You ladies, there's going to be a great opportunity here in, in October. There's going to be a women's conference, and some of the ladies of the church are going to, going to do that. They're going to step out. They're scared. Some of them are scared. My wife's one of them. This, this is scared, she, you know, but she's trusting God. And these, there are other uh, ladies in church going to do the same thing. Go to that conference. Be blessed by God. He will use that, t- and this church will grow even more, and we will get those lost people. Do you know that we have people in our Bible study that, that don't come to church? Do you know God's working in that? So he's working a lot of different ways, not only in the pews, but outside the walls. You know that your church is going in the right direction when things like that are happening. Uh, and to be holy. Oh boy, to be holy. You've got you to look at things in a different perspective. When we did our Bible study uh, of the mind of Christ, what an eye-opening study. I hope that one day that the whole church will do that, do that study. God created us to be like him. And we have to, you know, used to use the catchphrase, what would Jesus do? 
but it's, but it's even more than that. It's how you think. It's what you think about. And if you're in a, a constant, you have to be intentional about that, by the way. It's not something you can just turn on and turn off. Be, be conscious of it and be, be holy and, and look at things in a, a godly way. Be self-controlled. There's things you're going to want to do that you know are not right. You need to stay away from them. Sometimes there are things that are okay to do, but they could be a stumbling block to somebody else. You know, there's nothing in the Bible, and I hope none of you get mad at me, that says there's anything against drinking a glass of wine or a beer. There's nothing that says that you shouldn't do that. But if, but if doing that is going to cause a brother to stumble, don't do it. Don't do it, okay? So something you've got to exercise is self-control. I can see I've already exceeded my time limit. Uh, and I was uh, told by a little birdie that a few members of the band were a little concerned about that. So, boys, we will be out of here by 1 o'clock, okay? <laughs> All right. So we're getting a pretty good idea of, of what, what an elder just looked like. But I'm challenging you right now. This isn't about just about elders. This is what you're supposed to look like too, okay? We're all, this, this is where this is going. Okay, so what, what do elders do? And verse 9 really says that uh, better than anything else. I want to reread that. Uh, Holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. One of the things we do in this church as an elder, and we need to be bold about this and not back up on it, if somebody is, is, is causing dissension, somebody is uh, saying something that's contradictory to what this word says, we got to call them on it. Don't be afraid. Uh, God's gifted me with a boldness, probably too much sometimes. Uh, but that verse I read in, in James 3, 1, I believe that. I believe God, when I, when I meet him, I'm going to be called accountable for how I defended his word as, as well as being obedient to it. I can't be scared. We don't, we don't have any reason to be scared. Man, we, no matter, there's nothing anybody can do to us that'll keep us from the Lord Jesus Christ. Because this little blip that we're here on earth is nothing. I love what the, 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 the amazing uh, grace says. When I've been there yet 10,000 years, not one day less do I have. That's, that gets me through a lot of days. So I, there was a time in my life when I kind of would be concerned about some things and let little things, man, <laughs> and I'm probably over the top on this now. I just don't worry. I just refuse to worry. Now, that drives Santa crazy a little bit, uh, but, uh, you know, it's just I don't have time for it. God's called me here. I don't, you know, frankly, you know, I'm 70 years old. I don't have that many years left. I know that. And so I need to be about what he's called me to do. So I don't have time to, to, to do that. I need to be intentional about other things. Okay. 
So we're responsible for teaching the right things and rebuking the wrong things. And when we say teaching, that, that doesn't mean that an elder necessarily has to be a Sunday school teacher or this or that. But they have to be able to one-on-one or maybe a, a small group of people be able to, to let you know what the correct doctrine is, what, the, what this church stands what this what this book, the, the Bible, stands for. Because I know that, that our doctrine in this church is right in line with what the Bible says. So therefore, we're right. So we, but we have to be able to explain that to people. And then when somebody tries to insert the incorrect doctrine, we need to be able to say, no, that's not right. And this is why. You go to the scripture. There are so many uh, different denominations, so many different religions. We have to recognize that. The only way we can do that is through knowing his word. Okay? That's a very important role of the elder. As an elder, we cannot be people who are easily offended. Man, if you're wearing your heart on the sleeve and somebody doesn't agree with you or this or that, you cannot be easily offended because you will get offended. That's just the way it works. need to let it go, right? What, what do we do? Let it go, let God. Okay. So, why is this all important? It's like I said before, fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, grand, grandmothers, grandfathers, you're all, and forgive me for using the wrong word, you're all an elder to somebody, okay? You young parents, they're here, your children are gone. I can tell you the influence that you have on those children is incredible. You may think they get mad and they don't listen. Trust me, they're listening. It's like the Word of God. When this Word goes out today, it's not going to come back void. What you put in those children's lives is coming back, okay? Boy, it's like the Academy Awards. (laughs) Thank you, Luke. Okay, uh, thank you for allowing me to, to do this today. I was, uh, I told Sandra, I was like a daggone long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. I've been very nervous. I take this very seriously, okay? Uh, I joke around a lot, but I will tell you this. I love each and every one of you guys. Um, seeing Michael sitting down here right next to me, Makes my heart leap with joy. <laughs> and uh, just the thought of what God has done for me. And also the thought that he's not finished. I know there are great things in store. So I, so I, I want to make a commitment to you guys. I want to pray for you. And will you pray for me? Pray for our leaders in this church. You know, uh, there's one continuing thing that's in this church. There is a love for God. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Amen, Michael. There's going to be some, probably some more changes. We will take ownership of the Newbert's house here in, in a couple of days. 
Who would have thought <laughs> a year ago that was even close to being possible? What God has done in this church is, is phenomenal, and what he wants to do yet to, that hasn't been seen will be far greater than what the latter was. So uh, God bless you all. If anybody here does not know who Jesus Christ is. You just you just want to, you, you're hearing these words and it's it sounds good and you want to you want to get an idea of who he is. Listen. Come on up front. Let's talk about it. Jesus desires that you come to him. Even when I was so far away from him, he was always close by. He ne- he never left me. And he desires that not one be lost. That all would be saved. That doesn't mean that all will be saved because you have to take the first step. And I would just encourage you to take that first step. It be the most important thing that you ever did in your whole life. And I can promise you, in no uncertain terms, you will never regret it. So I'm going to stand up front. If anybody would like prayer, uh, I thank you for your attention. And uh, my gla- I had my glasses off when I looked out, so I make sure I didn't see anybody sleeping. So you guys are good. Amen. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.